Hey everyone, we are the three princes and we go around looking for things to penetrate deeply. Hey, intellectual. <laughs> uh, welcome to our show. <laughs> it's going to be one of those days. Um, we have a friend of ours here all the way from Arugampe. Yes. yes. <laughs> Believe it or not. Born yeah. and raised. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, Matt Heels and his brother Brad Heels run a restaurant in Arugampe called Karma Gardens. Um, ranked number two. On At the moment, yes. Actually, Rizer. now the season's closed, we might have been lower, but generally we operate around number two. Yeah. Right. So mm. what, what does it take to get there? Like, whoa, 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 first of all. What do we do? What the fuck do you do, man? Well, funnily enough, we are actually a completely vegan restaurant located on the East Coast in Aragon Bay, a tourist hotspot there. And we just opened up a restaurant three years ago. Uh, this was our third year. Wasn't the best year, as I'm sure most people could imagine. But, um, yeah. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> yeah, no, we, uh, we started in 2025. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, we got involved. I heard it was big news. Yeah. <laughs> but no, right? Yeah. Yeah, 2016 we started up, uh, operated our first year relatively anonymously, uh, kind of quiet, and then our second year just kind of really blew up. That's uh, We hit, did hit number one in our second year and then dropped down to number two, which I can live with. Uh, strange question, but who's number one? Uh, pizza Hub. Wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there we go. Great pizza, I will say. No but matter what you do, you can't beat pizza. <laughs> and I mean, how much of that do you get because you... You, there's a typo when you type in Pizza Hut. Mm, just autocorrect. Yeah. That's the biggest marketing tool. <laughs> well, so moving further along, right? Uh, how exactly did you guys get to number two? Or number one? No, number one get, number two? You're, you're, not, you're not really from Orgambi. No, no. As, as more perceptive people might be able to tell. <laughs> I am from Australia. So... Um, the story started pretty much uh, pretty pretty standard back in Australia, but uh, uh, skipping all the boring parts, uh, Brad, my brother and I, my Brad, uh, we're working in the mining industry, which is a pretty lucrative industry in Australia. Took a massive dive. We lost our jobs, and our father, who uh, just loved Sri Lanka and managed to lease some land in Aragon Bay, uh, had recently passed away. So we lost our jobs and had a fair bit of money from that, had a bit of inheritance and then just sort of decided to do something left of field and come over to Sri Lanka to start a business. Um, and how has the, that experience been? <laughs> oh, uh, pretty interesting. Absolutely. Very, very interesting. That's the... That's, that's code, guys. That's code. <laughs> that, that's code for staying the fuck away. <laughs> no, it's a complicated process, definitely. Foreign investment uh, in any country isn't exactly easy. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, Sri Lanka has some specific laws that make it kind of uh, difficult. And, uh, but uh, due to our, I think, our circumstances of having the house there before and we were very much tourists of Aragon Bay, mm -hmm. going there, I think my first time was 2014, mm -hmm. and pretty much reappearing every year, if not three or four times a year. Oh, wow. So I think the previous connections we had made there made it quite a bit easier for us, which mm -hmm. is uh, definitely one of the reasons we've got where we are. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty damn cool, though. Yeah. Uh, before, okay, so 
about the restaurant, right? How exactly did you, when you were starting it, did you mm-hmm. actually know that you're oh. about your market? Like, um, what did you understand about this? So because us being there so often, we, I feel like we're a pretty good fair and even representation of the demographic you do find in Aragon mm-hmm. Bay. So we did definitely, I think, understand uh, who we were trying to market to yeah. and what we were trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, we were constricted by one thing, and that's the fact that we are vegan. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, due to our philosophical standpoint on that, we just weren't going to serve meat. Right. That was pretty much the only parameter we had. So y'all aren't really a vegan restaurant. You're are just a restaurant who then proceeds to not sell meat products. Yeah, meat absolutely. absolutely. Products. Yeah. We, you actually won't find any um, physical advertising that we are vegan, uh, like uh, at our store or premise or anything like that. Uh, on in, on the internet, social media and stuff like yeah. that, we absolutely add the vegan tag because they will find us, you yeah. know. But uh, I, I genuinely believe if you advertise it uh, in your store, mm-hmm. you're pretty much just reducing your market base. Right. You, you know. Which ties together quite well with rule number one we were speaking with last week, right? Double jeopardy. Every person's, uh, I mean, the fact that the larger you grow, the more people you will lose. But then if you specifically try to target anyone, yeah, yeah, when you're making your market smaller, yeah. the small, yeah. like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Why would you bother doing yeah, it? As, as, yeah. as niche as possible as this specific thing might be, mm-hmm. you're still ultimately... In the vast market. Yeah. You're a choice in the vast no. market. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah. Just, because, just because you're not a vegan doesn't mean you can't have solely... In fact, yeah. I, would, I would highly recommend eating vegetables, even if you eat meat. I've heard, uh, I've heard it's good for you. I will take, I will take that as a suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take that on board. <laughs> um... Wait, so did you did you know that it was a restaurant you were opening? Oh, say not at all. Um, so I moved over here in 2016, just uh, doing the, the, the paperwork and stuff because my brother was expecting a family at the time. And he came and met me over here the year later. Uh, the whole year I was in Sri Lanka, just trying to sort out all the paperwork, the land ownership uh, was very complicated. Uh, you have some special circumstances specifically in Aragon Bay and I'm obviously some other places, but uh, permit land was quite difficult to get around. The local government wasn't making it too easy. Mm-hmm. So we had pretty much purchased or paid for this land and the agreement between us and the, the land owner was pretty sweet. We were comfortable with that. But um, just getting the, the name in the, or the land in the company's name was just quite a, quite a difficult mm-hmm. task. Right. And originally the land that, that we still, we have that one now and mm-hmm. it's uh, going to be a gym at the moment we're building. But uh, it was going to be like a just a, a quite some nice rooms, mm-hmm. upper yeah. class sort of nice rooms. Right. Okay. And um, just purely because it was taking so long, uh, we decided to do something else. To right, just right, to right. kind of stand still rather than just spending so too much money. You weren't even focused on opening a restaurant when you started this all. Right. Not at all. In fact, my brother inquired to our next door neighbours mm-hmm. uh, to sell some surf supplies that we'd been selling in Aragon Bay previously. Mm-hmm. And our next door neighbour said, take the whole lot. Whoa, wow. Our whole land, you can lease it for five years, no worries. Mm-hmm. And then we, I remember the conversation we had and we were just like, <laughs> restaurant? <laughs> 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 so, uh, yeah, proper planning, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes it's not all that important to... Uh, no. You, you really are... No, but one of those the restaurant, once we decided it was going to be a restaurant, there was a, was a month. amount of... No, it was a month. Planning involved. Uh, no, no, unfortunately, <laughs> no. unfortunately, I wish I could say there was, but no, we're still sorting some stuff out that should have been that should have been uh, in place when we first started. Lazy. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't, I don't. I honestly think our sheer was kind of because I was twenty at the time I moved over here in twenty one when we started the restaurant. 
Uh, my brother wasn't much older. He was 20, 21 and 22. And um, I, th I think a lot of it, a lot of our success has almost come from our naivety mm. into, right. into right. coming into business and just thinking that, oh, not, not giving things a second thought mm. and kind of just going through with them. So, no, we very much uh, had our work cut out for us when we opened this restaurant. And it took us a month from getting the land mm -hmm. to, to having physical customers. Wow. Yeah, it was it was pretty insane. Uh, what was your first day like? Did you actually like have a lead up marketing campaign or anything of the sorts? Or were you, you know, telling people about it? Like, yeah, so we were pretty active in the community. I guess it's a tourist town, so mm -hmm. it's pretty easy to meet people. So and, you would go converse. out surfing and then you would just yeah. be hanging out and then yeah. you just talk go, about it. Go have a drink for business purposes. Write it off. Write it off, guys. Thanks, <laughs> That's an entertainment expense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so no, we in that market, yeah, definitely. And we started up a few social media, uh, Facebook and mm -hmm. Instagram accounts just to kind of standard startup marketing mm -hmm. campaign we had a, a few i friends. wouldn't quite call it standard because uh let us all know matt exactly how much money you have currently spent on your social media um if you oh uh, zero <laughs> literally zero i have marketing. spent absolutely no money on uh, facebook instagram or actually any physical advertising whatsoever so that actually means that you have a very deep connection and understanding of who your demographic is. And as you mentioned earlier, it's quite possibly because you kind of represent most well, of that, it. I, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that's entirely true. Are you, are you trying to say we all look alike? Shit. I am not a racist. Fucking Australians. No, so my, my point is, uh, you have a little sign next to your POS that says 5% uh, off on a bill for good Instagram posts? Uh, so that's actually not ours. That is our um, uh, my brother's partner who's got a shop there right. who, who implements a um, she, you get a free necklace mm -hmm. or, or, uh, from a 500 rupee to down to 100 rupee. So a substantial mark off that, right, that okay. obviously... Uh, it incentivizes the in Instagram post, but I, I believe we'll implement that next year. We tried a little bit. There was a friend of ours, an acquaintance of ours, who was um, pitching some Instagram tool, mm -hmm. which um, specifically targets people who come to your restaurant and then uh, send them a free coupon, depending right. on how many Instagram followers they have. Oh, right, okay. I wasn't the biggest fan of that, mm -hmm. but uh, Brad wanted to give it a shot. The guy ended up getting deported, and um, <laughs> we never did it. So, but we're just gonna actually the, the Jackie, her name is my brother's partner, who runs the shop. Sure. Um, uh, living the dream. It's a plug. But <laughs> she, it's a great idea and super easy, super mm -hmm. simple to do, implement, and whatnot. We'll Has it actually something. been effective for her though? Ah, <sighs> she's got a lot more followers, like a substantial increase in followers on Instagram. Would you say um, that uh, that followers is actually good money? Does that real money? translate into money? Mm -hmm. mm, maybe in maybe in the long run, in maybe a very run, specific right. point in time at the moment, we're pretty, you know, we're a, we're a, we're a restaurant in a, a a specific location in a tourist town. Mm -hmm. You're only going to come there if you're in that town. If you happen to come on this holiday and you happen to come, you know, it's a, yeah. it's a circumstantial situation. Mm -hmm. So probably less so to us, but it will help ultimately anyway. And 
is that little decrease in profit worth the attention on social media? Mm -hmm. In my opinion, absolutely. Right. Okay. I think I think that's almost invaluable in the future mm -hmm. going forwards. As you go along, the more people you accrue, the more you are actually required mm -hmm. to show social yeah. proof, and right? There's, mm -hmm. there's a certain amount of exponential growth over yeah. there as well. So yeah. that after a point where you're not really paying for it past that point, it automatically just keeps going up. Yes. Um, what exactly? So you've started it from scratch three years ago, mm -hmm. right? Uh, from step. Did you see any big changes in how you were promoting your restaurant? Uh, so, so one specific change, I guess, in our second year, mm -hmm. um, sort of. So, what, what, what were you guys doing in the first year? Like just going oh, around and talking? Or? Yeah, okay. I mean, I mean, like I said, we didn't really know what running a restaurant was all about. So uh, we were just trying to get things in order, and we we ended up getting a busier than expected. Um, it did, personified by the our coffee machine so we wanted to sell coffee because coffee is a massive money maker mm -hmm. and um we were looking at all these different coffee machines and they're not cheap you know yeah, an entry level coffee machine is like two grand two yeah, two lakh it's ridiculous <laughs> and uh we found this one it was it, i think it was 1.5 so it was a little bit cheaper mm -hmm. and the limit was 50 coffees and we said to each other like we're doing 50 coffees a day <laughs> we're laughing like, yeah. <laughs> and um <laughs> I think he and I ended up having like eight coffees each a day. Oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> 16 so, yeah, yeah, no, we got a little busier than expected. Mm. So the first year we were pretty much just comfortable with our growth. Mm. Um, and then the second year we decided to do something. We, 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 we took a quite a while for us to get on Google Maps and TripAdvisor. Okay. Uh, so I think that's why our first year was not quite as good as it could have been as well. So we, from you from when you started to when you guys started ranking on TripAdvisor and mm -hmm. uh, Google Maps, how, how roughly how long was it? Uh, so we, we only got a TripAdvisor account, I think. In the second year? No, four months four into months our first in, okay. year. So basically. Uh, right. So late on in the year that it was negligible for. Oh, for, the we reason only, why it's uh, four months over there is uh, the season is six months long. Yeah. Mm. So it's a very seasonal uh, industry. So yeah. you only have pretty much three past three months means you're in the next year. <laughs> it's century. Yeah. June, July, and August you make your money, and then the other three months is a bonus at best. At best. And then if, from what we've seen, it's it's more economically viable just to close. And right, right, okay. Also get six months off. Which yeah, there you go. Knock. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys usually work seven days a week, I'm assuming? Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. We try not to, but we have to. <laughs> there you go. But it's only for six months, so don't it's feel sorry. Not for, for lack of training. Yes. Uh, what about the third year? Like, did you make any significant changes to how you were promoting yourself? Um, so, in the, so, in the second year, oh, yeah. uh, we, yes, uh, so we, we'd gotten on TripAdvisor. I think we're second, in the top 30. Uh, something like that and there's a, there's 110 restaurants so mm -hmm. not doing too bad for, yeah. for oh god maybe like 20 reviews at that point in time mm -hmm. relatively new restaurant and then um, just well, you know we were doing quite well social media was, was going quite good for us our foods are quite pretty which mm -hmm. means a lot of people just post and share it themselves which mm -hmm. is very nice um, uh, I decided just to, to write a little on a blackboard. We had a spare little blackboard laying around that, you know, if you enjoyed your experience, you know, rate us on TripAdvisor. Right. And, um, you know, help us hit number one. It was, yeah, yeah. help us hit number one. And it was a joke. <laughs> like it was a, you know, oh, come on, let's get some few extra, yeah. few extra reviews. And I think we got almost three or four a day for like two or three months. Uh, we went from, from 33 to number in the, in the top five within, I think, a month. And it was, um, yeah, pretty ridiculous. Shit. That's yeah, so good customers helped, obviously, quite a substantial amount. Uh, very helpful. And um, I took the board down because I was just like, oh, 
you know, maybe number one will bring some issues or something like that. Mm -hmm. And um, but no, we hit number one anyway. So, <laughs> which so, is so you're number two, not out of like you made the choice to be number two. Right, we we've now taken that board down and just kind of let it let it go and and just be happy with where we mm. are. Uh, the funny thing is though, uh, Pizza Hub, who mm. is number one, opens at five o'clock in at, in the afternoon. Wow! Uh, yeah. And we operate from eight a.m. to four p.m. So I really don't care. All right. So yeah, uh, spiritually, yeah. factually, technically, you're basically number one. Yeah. <laughs> From those operating hours. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, Which yeah. is actually a pretty clever strategy if you really think about it. I've never thought about thinking about a restaurant like that, right? Based on timing. If all, if all your competition is mm. basically operating during the day, mm. why bother competing? Yeah. Compete in the night. Yeah, because because yeah. most other restaurants, uh, I would say pretty much most restaurants on earth, uh, well the majority of them would have their, a break in the middle, yeah. Yeah, or just their their bulk of their business would come at dinner time. I would assume. Yeah, is okay. when most people go out to eat. I, I mean, you do find uh, so I I know but a couple of places. Yeah. Everyone's doing that. People don't have anywhere to eat at during the day. The, yeah, yeah, which is why a niche <laughs> breakfast place would or or something like that. Which would I guess kill is it. A, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Hmm. So um. I think, yeah, that definitely also helped us uh, Hit itself. Numbers. Just yeah. pick a demographic or, mm -hmm. or uh, sorry, pick a time of day, pick yeah. a specific thing to do mm -hmm. and do it well. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. That's a, a third year, big changes? No, I would assume you would continue doing more of the same or you took the board down. Did so, that really affect the number of customers that you were getting over there? Or? No, it didn't affect customers. It affected the amount of reviews we got, which and might it, retroactively, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. retroactively affect the uh, amount of people we get. But obviously with the... With the incident in, um, in April, mm -hmm. it seemed like the year was going to be a write-off anyway. Yeah. So but we didn't really change much. Yeah, no. Okay. So so May was abysmal. Mm -hmm. uh, very, pretty pretty bad. Um, June, pretty bad. July, picked up some tourists. Uh, July is our busiest month of, mm -hmm. of, of every year. Mm -hmm. uh, this year I was substantially down, but not as bad as everyone thought it was going to be. Right. Okay. Which that's is nice. A, that's, yeah. that's pretty. That's pretty. Mm, that is not really. So that entire industry relies on the fact that uh, on public perception, right? Mm. To actually think that we, it's either we bounced back from it quickly enough. Uh, how do you think the macro level stuff actually affected how you were getting business over there? Like the there was people running around. Like we had a curfew. Uh, oh, for days, I think that has a that. lot to do with the fact that the the armed forces really like cracked down on things. Yeah. yeah. So so um, some people might see the the armed guards and everything like that, and the and the superior military presence that no one it's usually sees. Yeah. Yeah. As but some people might think it's a threat. But no, I the the way I at least looked at it, mm -hmm. it's better to have those guards around than not. <laughs> yeah. It's like if they're not here. I'm, I feel a little Would less. you really be comfortable? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, 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 the whole incident did get relatively close to, to Aragon Bay. I remember we would, we, oh, yeah. we, we yeah, were yeah, keep, yeah. keeping quite up to date on all the, uh, the news. north of Bay? Uh, yeah, um, uh, I'm not even going to try and pronounce the name. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a little bit south of Empire, a small town, was mm. where the firefight happened or whatnot. Uh, so it was concerning a few of the expats that were keeping up to date with it, but the tourists were just blissfully ignorant. Right. They had no idea that anything had happened past the first event. Oh, um, right. Okay. So, um, the, the, the good thing about having bad internet. Mm, or just <laughs> shut down social media in general. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the strategy we like to go to. <laughs> as a Sri Lankan. Yeah. 
uh, one of the things that I did notice, so I've visited uh, Matt's restaurant before. It's uh, and I've also walked around there and met the people that he hangs out with. Uh, one of the one of the strange things is uh, when you're operating in a town like that, when it's basically just a small economy, right? Mm. And most of the value providers actually know each other over there. Yeah. How exactly do you handle competing? Because what they're doing affects what you're doing, yes? Um, or I mean, does it, it not matter yeah. when you reach that or value? Is it one right now? industry? Like, you, you take actions as a group? It, depends. It, it really depends how you look on it. Um, unfortunately, there is a pretty, pretty stark divide between local business owners and mm-hmm. foreign business owners. Uh, it's, it's, not a, it's not an absolute rule, but it definitely there is an occurrence. Uh, we typically just try and keep our noses clean just mm-hmm. and and actually before this year which was when Deval came and, and visited yeah I, I really didn't have that many friends expats or otherwise mm-hmm. or, or, or common acquaintances I guess right. which okay. you would say uh this year specifically because it was such a bad year it was kind of nice to see the community kind of supporting themselves mm-hmm. and we were we were all um uh, how were you guys supporting yourselves? Like, were you all actually- I'd just go into different restaurants, you know, oh, more, right. more than we used to. Maybe it's just because we had- right. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we just had more time on our hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> Looking for something to do. Uh, so nice. You did say like the first month was a bit, uh, bit, bit on the slow side, right? So April was quite good. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, May was May, absolutely everything. abysmal. There right. was, yeah. Uh, that kind of ties in with the entire pattern of, you know, when event, it when yeah. the event happened yeah, and no, what happened it, also, yeah. it makes sense like there were so many flights booked out yeah, yeah. the so only people that were left in the country were people that couldn't afford a flight out yeah that's pretty messed up i <laughs> <laughs> didn't want to pay for lunch <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you guys lose our business to a smaller restaurants at that point or is it like just a cheap uh, oh, i don't know if there's a roti shop right Those yeah guys were, they were the busiest <laughs> place in town for sure so, so this roti shop actually mm. gives uh, rotis for i think like a hundred bucks or something like that what was it i think it's 50 yeah I think it's 50, 50 yeah. bucks right and there's people mm. lined up there which is yeah. pretty standard like yeah, 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 absolutely. It's a, it's a, but not in a tourist town. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. 50, oh, 50 man, when, I, when I first moved there, it was like thirty. Wow. Yeah. In in Colombo, you can get anywhere between like thirty and about sixty, depending on. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. How old? Girth. Girth. Now I think it's a good time to <laughs> trade in the guy who. Uh... So Matt can quite honestly be described as someone who's taken a huge risk in his life, right? Uh, we should probably throw Mihira into the mix over there, over here, and see what the stark difference is in between the the guy who took the, well, it's not the less risky route, but the more surefire route. Uh, it's it's the route with the more effort involved. Yeah, definitely. Lots of planning, lots of effort. A lot of planning involved. No, I don't think there's a difference in effort. The effort must be the same. Mm. More or less. All right, I'm I'm gonna tag out quickly, and we're gonna we're going to uh, magically replace me with a completely different person. Star one. Dramatic entrance. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, this is um, very strange. Very strange. I just got replaced. (laughs) He got replaced. replaced. (laughs) Yeah. You took a massive risk. Uh, coming down uh, all of a sudden from Australia. Absolutely. I mean, had you stayed there, you would have gone back into uh, uh, mining. If, if I had yeah. stayed in yeah. Australia? Oh, yeah. God, I wouldn't have gone back into mining. I did hate it, but yeah, just straight back into the work industry. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but uh, then you took... So what was going through your... I mean, you and, you and your brother, what was going through your... 
Oh, I had no idea what was going through my brother's head. He got some girl pregnant. He, was, <laughs> he probably just wanted to be any far away as possible. But I was prepared to follow him. No, um, honestly, I'd, I'd, I'd spent two years at university. Okay. Did to, uh, for chemical engineering. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it was programming, actually, that the computer, computer engineering was programming. I was sitting at this desk, just putting in this typing. I was just like, nah, I can't do it. <laughs> no, I can't do the desk job thing and I had family in the industry uh, in the mining industry okay. which really helped me get a job okay. and it pays quite well mm. quite well and um, didn't want to do that by, by our standards yeah mm. multi-millionaire born <laughs> <laughs> yes. to one of those countries born <laughs> to one of those countries yeah, yeah basically <laughs> um, so unfortunately yeah and then that, that came crashing down but it was a horrible job and and I was, I was, I was stuck at that point in time. I lost the job and I was like, well, what am I going to do? I've, I've tried the university route and I, well, what didn't enjoy it. I've done the labor route, labor route and I fucking hated that. <laughs> so, um, it was honestly, it was my brother's idea. He, he wanted to go overseas and do some business or something like that. And he was in a difficult situation at the time. And, um, he, he asked, he was just like, well, you know, could you come and do it with me? Just like, absolutely. Seemed like a good idea. So honestly, it, it was just the lack it was of other options. The best idea we could come up with, more or less, in but terms of overall happiness. No, I guess. Yeah, let's yeah, add yeah. that one. I'm sure you went through quite a lot of judging, Wait, so horrible. How did you get into JWT? Like, what's oh, that story? No, so uh, after doing my A levels, I tried out uh, garments. Okay. Because my entire family is in garments, mm. and uh, then decided. No, that's not going to work. It's so fucking boring. Uh, and I had some idea of getting into marketing because my father was in sales. But uh, as anyway, just went for an interview, got it, decided, yeah, this is crazy enough and uh, stuck on for a little while. I, mean, I went into a different company, then got this JWT and then moved into JWT. Okay. Uh, not planned. No, no options either. Mm. So same, same problem. I, I did not have an option. I had to right. work somewhere. Everything seemed like a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I had to work somewhere. Yeah. Didn't have a degree. Didn't have money to get a like, degree. Get a degree. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I hated studying as well. Uh, but yeah, I started uh, in uh, advertising and then started doing CIM as well. So lack of choice. Mm. <laughs> mm. It's a great, great motivation. Great motivation. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I love that. Uh, yeah, but like, I don't think it's uh, what what he has done is. Yeah, it's risky, but I don't think it lacks effort or anything. Like, it's not no, like, what not. I did was yeah. not like any less any more effort than. But uh, like iconically, you know that marketing and uh, especially the agency lifestyle is is. Overall happiness is not a measure of the agency lifestyle. Oh, no, no, no. This is the agency life is fucking crazy, man. Mm. It's madness. It's sheer. I left agencies because I, I got, I was thinking to myself, no, if I, if I continue down this path, I'll die by 30. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what was a typical birthday like? Like uh, like seventeen, eighteen hours a day. Like you know, like bad days about eighteen hours. Good days were twelve hours minimum. And how long did you do this for? 
of five years. It's <laughs> a lot of hours. Uh, <laughs> a lot of effort, weekends and like a lot of sleepless nights. It was mm. madness. It was madness. But at the same time, you we used to work like a 12-hour day and go and drink till four in the morning and go four, five in the morning, go home, have a wash, go back to work and go on and do this for three, four days. Mm. On the fourth day, we crash. <laughs> Friday again, start again. Saturday, do this wow. again. It was just like this massive, unending roller coaster. Right. So there is that a was, stark was, difference here. Yeah, fair bit of a difference. What's what's your typical day like? Uh, well, basically just hospitality, just general general hospitality, just dealing with customers okay, all so. day long, <laughs> all day long. <laughs> 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 oh no! It's so eight to four, eight hours a day. Um, if 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 I'm in the, you know, if I have enough stamina or, or, or will to do so, I go for a surf, and then afterwards, after work, you go home. Yeah. So it's sure. eight hours. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are extra extra things to worry about, like social media and, mm-hmm. and stuff like this. But most of it can be handled during the day. Yeah. I do. I do like that. That it is. Eight hours there, and then you're done. And right. you, you work till eight is finished. I quite enjoy that fact. Mm. Yeah, well, I work eight hours a day now as well. I, I don't look more than that. Yeah, mm. but that's after like 13 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it used to work 12. Uh, no, but like, uh, no, no. So, uh, but tell me, uh, like, you, 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 you work with customers on a, like, a freaking regular basis. Pretty Why much. Most interesting exchange yeah we had interesting too many (laughs) to to, yeah absolutely everyone's got different hospitality experiences and different stories and you got you get shit customers constantly even though it's a tropical bloody paradise and everyone's on holiday you still get some dickhead that's in a bad mood (laughs) but that is the nature of hospitality we are very lucky that it is paradise and so many people are on holiday so most of your customers are quite interesting and very nice people to, to you know you could actually genuinely see befriend yeah uh, so um it's i guess it's better than if you were which what which, which one of these exchanges stands up Hmm. Um, so we're a, we're a, we are a vegan restaurant, and every now and then you get people come in and they don't they don't even bother looking at the menu. You know they're like, oh, can I get a ham sandwich? And you're like, oh, I'm really sorry, man. We actually, you know, we're completely vegan. We don't we don't actually have ham sandwiches. You know, the menu's behind you. You can have a look. And then they're like, oh, can I get an omelet? Like, oh, really sorry, man. We um, don't do eggs. We're completely vegan. Like the menu's behind you if you want to. And they ask for like, yo, can I get a milkshake? And it's just like, mate, this is going to work a lot easier if you read the menu and then come and tell me what you want. <laughs> we get a few of those. <laughs> oh, but yeah. Good Makes for a good story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the the most interesting people that you met. Oh, there is some interesting fellas in uh, Aragam. It, uh, it it attracts some very interesting characters. There's one guy, the mythical Bugsy. Maybe some people have heard of him, but uh, he plays guitar on a wave. Okay. He's, uh, he's a little. I don't know if he's been in an accident or, but he's a little spaced out most of the time. <laughs> Oh, drugs. <laughs> Regularly, I believe. <laughs> uh, 
Very interesting character. Nice guy. Nice guy. But um, just, yeah, someone that's very interesting to deal with. In what way do you say that? Ah. Well, he does play guitar while he's surfing. <laughs> but no, there's been, a, there's been a couple of times. One time he's, uh, but when I just sort of first met him and I was, oh, this guy seems all right. He plays guitar like an absolute legend as well. Yeah. And um, I've got a guitar laying around the restaurant that I used to let people play. And he managed to break 11 of my strings <laughs> on, a, on, a, on, a, on a six string guitar, <laughs> managed to break 11 strings. So yeah. I had to call that one quits. <laughs> uh, so, uh, what, what do you? So, what are your plans for the future with hmm. the restaurant? Or do you do you want to see whether you want to expand out? And uh, well, so we've got two years left on the on the current lease. Okay. Uh, so, twenty twenty one, we renegotiate and we see what comes up. Yeah. I I genuinely believe that Aragon Bay is just going to skyrocket in terms of tourism. It's yeah. just going to go up from here. Yeah. It's. Just, you know, despite the year we've had, it, it's going to get busier. So I would, I would really love to keep doing business in, in Aragon. Uh, we've got, uh, I spoke previously uh, about our first piece of land we tried yeah. to get when we came over here. Yeah. We've now got that uh, all, all where we want it in terms of paperwork. Yeah. And we're building a gym and hopefully a few rooms on oh, that yeah. land. So we will be doing business if it's not a restaurant, unfortunately, in the next two years. Yeah. We will still be doing business in Aragon. And hopefully we still have Karma Gardens where it is. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Hmm. Uh, you don't want to expand into places like Allo? Potentially. Uh, at the moment, like I said, we've got a two-year lease. Uh, that's when we sort of decide whether this specific market plan can be replicated and done somewhere else or, okay. or whether we, we want to do it somewhere else. Hmm. Hopefully. I'm, I'm very much of the frame of mind that I would like to do it. But uh, I think my brother, he can't cook for shit either. So he doesn't like doing a restaurant. Who, who, who cooks for you? Uh, so we, we now have staff that cook for us. Okay. But uh, I'm the one who generally makes up a lot of the menu items. Okay. And uh, my brother's miss, uh, partner, Jackie, has come up with a few as well. Okay. And then our staff members have come up with some of the Sri Lankan ones. How did you how did you how did you end up designing this menu? Oh, mate. Oh, with just utter chaos, really. <laughs> Trial and error, I guess. As I, as I mentioned earlier, it was it was a month from when we started building, and it yeah. and it wasn't a you know it's a full on wooden framed um, restaurant, and so it took a while. But and then we opened, and I think for two days we sort of had a short conversation about the menu. Mm. But each of us wrote different things on this menu, like we were responsible for writing different things. And someone would come in in our first day and order something, and my brother would be like, "Oh, Matt, 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 can you, can you cook that?" And I was just like, "How?" <laughs> <laughs> you wrote it up there. I don't. What do you want me to do? <laughs> so yeah, chaos. <laughs> but uh, no, I do quite like my cooking, so we've managed to refine the menu quite nicely. Okay. And you said it is pretty. A lot of people end up taking pictures of it then yeah so we're, we're we're a smoothie bowl place uh, probably before everything else like as much as i prefer the the main food or the the savory items 90 yeah. percent of our customers come for our smoothie bowls okay. which might be a cop out maybe we're not a real restaurant <laughs> but it's profitable <laughs> <laughs> no so yeah it's uh popularized in indonesia and there's definitely a few places around that do smoothie rolls in sri lanka frozen fruit nice pretty designs and people love taking photos of them oh yeah mm. Instagrammable. Yeah. Instagrammable. 
Uh, Instagram about food is, I think, one of the biggest ways to promote your. It's, oh. it's not just that. Like even uh, with with some of the people that I'm working with now, mm. uh, we're de- we're developing a space down Wellesley, right? Mm. Um, one of the things in the brief that he gave me was it has to be in Sukarnabur. No, so uh, probably a word now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so uh, so I I I I I did a pop up restaurant in uh, Gaul Lit Fest for right. three. I mean, I did it for two years for three days each. Okay. Uh, <coughs> the brief was very simple. Wait, wait. Did you actually cook the food? Like no, I didn't cook the food. I had chefs cooking the food. Okay. <laughs> but it was a completely like from scratch. Mm. Everything was put up like right. for right. for three Fair days and like uh, uh, quite an extensive menu as well. I mean, not an extensive menu. Was, like, the second time we did it, we had a French chef uh, who was. Uh, uh, putting it together. Okay. So how many menu items? Just uh, about twelve. Nice. So yeah. not a not a not a yeah. Not not, not, not like basic. street food, but no. like an actual. No, no. This is, this is like this is ratatouille with uh, calamari and like this is. Yep. French mini oh, burgers oh, and like <laughs> it was fancy. <laughs> Damn. Uh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> the brief was make it Instagram. Make it, every picture you take must be pretty. Mm. And, and, and like every selfie you take yourself, yourself should be pretty. And yeah, uh, yeah we got that. We got that. It, yeah, no, it it's, definitely it's works. No, it's, oh, it's absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, is, it is a design metric almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's, I would even say that it sometimes matters more than what it actually tastes like. Um, um, when it comes to smoothie rolls? Specifically, oh, okay. no, I'm sorry, sorry, not 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 real not, food, not, <laughs> <laughs> not French cuisine. Disclaimer. <laughs> but no, when it comes to smoothie bowls, sometimes honestly, uh, well, maybe just turns into the advertising or something like that. The, the prettier it looks, the more customers you are going to eventually get because some people do just come once for that photo. Oh yeah. Mm. Also, when you take a picture of it and put it up on Instagram, you mm. can't taste it, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, like you eat with your eyes first. Right? Yeah, that's you know, mm. so you you need to yeah. like that's a that's a Japanese uh, cuisine principle. Mm. Yes, yeah, that's true. That's very true. So that's why you plate and all that shit. But yeah, you're very right. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, how 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 so season was uh, a little like not the season was bad, but. Did you profitable. at any given season was profitable? profitable but yeah, that's how I okay. would essentially oh, so call it. It was profitable. Technically, <laughs> uh, yeah. how did you? Hmm. So you went through a fairly, uh, like fairly bad downer. Yeah. Uh, the, the, how, the, did you did you employ any? Were you trying to get local tourists to come over? You were you trying to do something else to just. So we never hit a patch in time where we were hemorrhaging money. So we were very lucky enough to be in a position where probably because of our status on TripAdvisor, we got enough customers that we never really had to worry. Mm. Um, We were just lucky, I guess, because... Did the community (coughs) suffer? Um, (laughs) Yeah, there was definitely a lot of restaurants that were... Definitely hemorrhaging money. Ah, okay. uh, sorry, not definitely, but I would Im- assume. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. So this is a fairly small town and all that. Mm-hmm. Heavily relies on these six months of the year, yeah, yeah, and yeah. basically won't make money in the next six months. Yeah. So it it it's a, it's a 
it's it, it's going to hurt the economy, the, mm. the local economy for sure. Yeah. Uh, do you do you get involved with the community and do you are you into the community? Not particularly. Uh, there's a there's a small there's a so so my brother has a um son a three year old son mm. and uh, they go to the local international school. Okay. Um, so in that that has a lot of events and stuff like that around the town, which which brings a lot of the, the local and uh, expat community together to to watch, mm. and uh, that's probably my the biggest involvement we have in the community. Okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, I suppose over time, as the because Arugambe is still very small, you know, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think uh, as time goes, the the, the, the sense the of community, community will, grow. will continue yeah. to grow. I, I think even a going through a difficult time may, might have helped. So this year, you you could see it. You you saw or you felt the fact that the community was a little bit closer because mm-hmm. we were all going through hard times and we needed to. Didn't end up doing a whole lot about trying to combat the. Um, there was a there was a lot of meetings and stuff we went to or organised that um, tried to address the issues and things oh, like that. But unfortunately, as an individual, I mean, there's just not really a whole lot you can do. Yeah, yeah. What, what what can you do? Yeah. Um, social media posts were probably the only thing that we we attempted to try and reassure potential travellers that it that it was okay to come. Uh, have you have you? Uh, have you traveled outside of Sri Lanka to take a look at how uh, people do business outside of uh, Sri Lanka? Uh, yeah, so like in other countries? Yeah. No, not really. I mean, I've been to, I'm Australian, so I've been to Bali many, too many times. <laughs> um, so we, we've been there. Uh, we've, we've got a little bit of inspiration from there and, and the restaurant that we built was... was and that's actually something I really what was the inspiration to build the kind of restaurant you built? Indonesia. All the, the, the kind of bungalow-esque style restaurants, woodworked uh, stuff you find in Indonesia. Okay. was like a tiki bar, I guess, because we've actually got a nice wooden bar that does not serve any alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that, was, that was more or less our inspiration. Mm. I feel like, uh, you know, it's another tropical country with, yeah. with yeah. a similar feel to it. Yeah. Oh. But... Anyway, so I think the, the future of Arugambe is fairly bright. I'm hoping to see you there as well. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, the future of Arugambe is quite bright, provided that we don't fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's very easy <laughs> to fuck it up. <laughs> yes. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so for someone, someone who's about to take risks, what would you suggest or if someone's like on the fence on the fence do i do i do this do i not do i go for the corporate nine to five so for me the thing that really pushed me forward in all my tough decisions was more or less looking at the situation and just thinking what is the worst case scenario Mm -hmm. um we took our shot we we and i i'm not Three years, you know what I mean? Like we can still fail. Like it's it's mm. still very early days in what we're doing at the moment. Mm. Things can change very quickly. But ultimately, the worst thing that can happen is I have to go back to another dead end job. Mm. And um, 
there's probably worse things that can happen. But <laughs> in my mind, that was what I came up with. Like realistically, the worst financial thing to happen is I fail, I lose everything, and I have to go back to a dead end job and I guess start over. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I came up with with that. It's just not. That's not too bad. I can I can deal with that. Right. No. That's what helped. Worst case scenario is in your head, which is a great thing to mm. yeah, yeah. It settles expectations and push, makes you push everything forward. Yeah, yeah. I think that's mm. a good one. Okay. Uh, thanks, Matt. Thanks for the conversation. Thanks and, for having uh, me, guys. Uh, yeah. It was it was fun. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> we should do a podcast in Arugambe. We should do it. We should we should yeah. come go to Aragambe next season and do a podcast when, from Aragambe. We can see you there. <laughs> we can do that. Yes. Yeah. Well done. Sweet. All right, man. Cheers. See you in the tropics. See you around. <laughs>